Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Pocket Philly Sports with Matty B. I am your host, Matt, but our check it is Wednesday, April 27, 2022. And all right, and welcome back to another episode of the pod. That's right, a pre-draft Special, if you will, here on Talking Philly Sports with Matty B on the Anchor platform. And I'm back, and I'm here, and, and and we're here to talk about some Eagles football, and more importantly, some Eagles draft football, as we are really bearing down on night one or round one or um, day one, I guess, if you're all into it like a national holiday, like a lot of people are, of the 2022 NFL Draft. And boy, does it not feel great. It's it's almost like football season has returned, and it and in some small way it has. So in the next 24 hours, the Philadelphia Eagles, along with the other 31 teams of the NFL, will begin to uh, assemble their draft boards and select the next greatest things or select the next future stars of their franchises and organizations. And the Philadelphia Eagles will once again, uh, once again, be stewarded by that man, Howie Roseman, as he. We'll begin his, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ninth draft. Now, ninth draft with total control. There's a there's a little, like, uh, asterisk there. Uh, he actually was involved in the 2010, 12, and the 15 drafts as a, I don't know, member of the organization. But he didn't really have control. And what I mean by control, like total, like, I am the man, back the freak up that kind of control, you know, the control that has built this abomination of a football team. But Howie Roseman will now start tomorrow will be his ninth draft, his unprecedented ninth draft of having total control of the Philadelphia Eagles. And, folks, the question that I have for you and the question that I've had for, like, a long time is, why in the hell is he still selecting players? (laughs) What has he done to deserve or earn the right of nine drafts? And I'm going to give you some numbers, and I'm big on numbers, and I don't care. People are like, get off it, get a life, stop, you know, stop bragging on Howie. Howie's the GM. It's the way it is, and you have to deal with it. Absolutely, I don't doubt that. But I can still rally. I can still wave the towel. I can still attack the gate, and I'm I'm still going to because I eventually will get my way. Now back to the first point: Howie's ninth draft. And in those nine drafts, Howie has selected 60-6-0 total football players. Out of those 6-0-60 total football players, 37 of those, 3-7, have been considered busts. Now, bust is a very subjective term, and I understand. But in the purpose of this show, or in the purpose of my records, I was fair. I was very fair when um, asserting draft or bust or hit. I was very fair. I did not take Howie bias at all. But 37 of them were were ones I just could not say, you know what, um, they're good. You, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't come. I couldn't bring myself to that. So 37 of them are considered busts. That grades out, folks, to a 62% fail rate. So 62%. So out of the 60 players, 
37 busts. That's 60. He missed on 62% of the players. Now, on the other side of that coin, when it comes to hits, 21 of them graded out to be hits, which turns out to about a 35% success rate. Now, there's two players that are currently on the draft radar that the Eagles have selected that I can't come to a uh, consensus of what they are, either a, a bust or a or a hit. One of those players is uh, Marlon Tapalapalu. He was a player selected last season, and along with Zach McPherson. They're the two players from last season I can't really uh, ascertain. More than likely, we're going to go with busts on both of them, but I'm willing to kind of take them off the board for now and just kind of let this thing ride out the way it is. But that's the situation, folks. That is the situation as we stand. But yet, here we are on the precipice of Howie Roseman's ninth draft as general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles, and everybody seems to be okay with it, or they seem to be accepting it, or they seem to be okay and accepting it. I'm neither, all right? I understand it. But I don't accept it, nor do I not, nor do I like it. And, you know, this is what the situation for me is. We, we want to sit here in this town, and it's so glaringly funny to me lately. And I used to be like this until I kind of, I guess, had a lot of years of experience and letdown to kind of guide me. But we are sitting here, and if you listen to local uh, Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio, which I suggest you stop, stop listening to that. Uh, head over to the head over to your computer, turn on the edge of Philly sports and listen and read some of the stuff that or the stuff that we got going on over there, because it is much better. It is coming from a much clearer vision than the stuff that you're going to see on local Philadelphia sports talk radio, i.e. 94.1 or 97.5. Turn them off and come on over to EOP. That is where you want to see it. That's where you want to hear it. And that's where you want to develop your opinions because in WIP and the fanatic, they like to kind of uh, spoon feed you their agendas and then kind of grab you by the hand and walk you to a side of the room. We don't do that at EOP. We give you the facts. We give you our opinions and then you develop all that from there. So again, head over to EOP. That's edge of Philly sports.com and check out some real Philadelphia sports action back to the narrative. I'm expected, you know, we're expected as Philadelphia Eagle fans to, you know, every year we, we go, we, it's, it's the same dance we do every year with the exception of 2017, which of course now is one, seems like a million years ago. And two, seems to be the rallying cry for the Howie Roseman, the Howie, the Howie Roseman fanatics. I'm not going to call them, you know, let's call them fanatics. They rallied to that 2017 Super Bowl flag. Like he had, like what he did that year was the status quo more than just dumb luck, which I think a lot of it was dumb luck. But we're expected to accept a retool rebuild every season. I very distinctly remember, and I'm going to give you an example, right? I very distinctly remember coming out of the 2021 NFL season with the high hopes and high expectations. And again, listening to sports talk radio, writing for EOP, listening to EOP. This seemed to be the consensus was that with, the, with all the money that we were going to have under the cap, with all the draft capital that we were going to have at our disposal, that there was no reason that we would not come back in 2022 as an elite or at least a competitive, challenging to be elite football team in the National Football League. Here we are literally 24 hours before the draft, and I have been told that that is not the narrative that we were talking about, which I don't understand because I remember it being told to me or be listening to that not necessarily being told to me, but hearing that. 
Now it's the, well, you know, we got to kind of position ourselves for the future. We got to kind of position and make sure that we're taken care of for years down the line. We're just going to be very um, selective in what we do. And, and, and we're going to take the best players, you know, available, not frivolously spend our money and be very conscious of all those things. Folks, this is what kind of gets me. When did that change? Or, or more importantly, why did that change? I'm going to tell you why I think it changed. All right. I think it changed because Howie Roseman, who did have a considerable amount of cap room heading into this offseason and and was and I, and I do believe he was very active in the free agency realm, was very active in attempting to bring free agents here. But he couldn't do it for whatever reasons. Now, those are cloudy. I don't know the reasons of why he couldn't bring certain people here. Obviously, they were all in on the quarterback, Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, merry-go-round. They were all in on both those players. They wanted one. I don't know which one it was. If there was one they wanted more or one they coveted more. I don't know. But they wanted one. They were all in on Calvin Ridley. Now, Calvin Ridley had some off-the-field issues that obviously had nothing to do with the Eagles. And you got to think or you got to imagine they were all in on some of the other wide receivers that were out there. But for some odd reason, and I mean the free agents, not so much that Tyreek Hill or the Devontae Adams ones, but the actual um, free free agents. But nobody, and I mean nobody, uh, we got Hassan Riddick and Zach Pascoe are the only two really that have any kind of valid NFL experience that decided to, re- to come to the Philadelphia Eagles. Why? What are what are these players seeing or what's what are some of these players looking at that apparently I'm not seeing or maybe I am seeing it. I don't want to believe it. Maybe we all are seeing it and we don't want to believe it, folks. I believe we've reached a point in this experiment, mind you, or um, mayhem, mind you, or whatever you want to call it. But I believe we've reached a point in all of this that now Howie Roseman is acting as the. positive to the magnet negative of the NFL free agent world. And I don't think players want to come here because of what they perceive to be this organization's problems, i.e. Howie Roseman and his meddling. I don't think players want to come here because of that. I don't think players want to be part of an organization that puts, um, that puts um, so much responsibility and so much, um, I don't know, power, I guess is the absolute word I'm looking for, in the hands of their GM. And I think it's turning some people off. Hell, I know it's starting to turn me off. And I've been an Eagle fan for 49, well, now it's 49 years. Well, happy birthday to me. So as we get ready to do a dance here, the yearly dance, it's not a dance that's new. It's a thing we do every year. But as we get ready to do the dance, the Philadelphia Eagles are currently selecting, they have 10 picks in this draft, 10. Count them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Two of those picks exist in the first round. The number 15 overall and the number 18 overall. They also have a smattering of picks, eight of them to be exact, throughout the rest of the draft. They do, they uh, as well have very, very lucrative draft capital heading into 2023 and 2024, right now as we sit before the 2022 draft. So the Eagles, and then, of course, they have all the cap money. They have about $27 million of it still unused. So maybe this is just an unfinished product, and maybe I've just gotten um, jaded to Howie Rosen. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm just not. Maybe I'm looking with Howie Rosen blinders on at the negatives and not seeing the positives of what he's trying to do. I don't know, and I really hope to God he proves me wrong and makes a liar out of me. And, yes, 
Maybe he was right all along. I don't know. But right now, folks, I don't see it. Uh, we've sat pat in free agency pretty much for the first month and a half, two months of it. Haven't really done much. The draft is tomorrow. After the draft, there's going to be a slew of the undrafted free agent players that be signed. And there's going to be a slew of free agent players that are all of a sudden going to be like, okay, well, now I got to figure things out because these teams have just selected my replacements, essentially. And if I don't slide in somewhere, I may be without a job next year. So the remaining free agents, and there's a bunch of them, there's a bunch of quality free agents left out there, are going to start falling, and they're going to start choosing teams to go to. So things are going to get hot and heavy over the next couple of weeks. It is not over. The free agency period has not ended. Uh, the trade deadline has not come and passed. I mean, we're still relatively early in all this process, so I understand all that. But even armed with all that, even considering all that i am just not in on this man i i just don't like what he's done as gm and i'm going to cite a couple of the main things that i don't like and i'm going to here we go round or uh, or or number let's let's call it the top three least things that i like about howie roseman as general manager number three and we're going to do from three to one because that's always fun to do number three uh his 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 is coming off of anything other than a money man. Howie Roseman's not a football guy. He's never been a GM. He's never been a player. He's never been a coach. He's never, he's got, he's worked his way into the situation through whatever hard work he did. Uh, Jeff Lurie, I'm sure, is a big part of the reason why he's where he is. And he's a huge part of the reason. Let's face it. But he's not a football guy. And if you look around the NFL, and I'm not saying that I want, you know, that, 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 I'm not saying that um, we can't find something better. I'm not saying we can't find something worse. I got that. I, I understand that. But the but the message is stale. We need a change. But Howie's just not a football guy. And you look around most of the teams out there, and they still have football guys. Well, then Howie people will throw, well, then why is Howie still here and some of them are gone? That's a great question, man, because I guarantee you their track record, even though it might be a smaller sample size, will probably equal out to what Howie's done. And a larger sample size. So, boom. Number two. Number the number two is is, is, is the confusion, right? It's the up in the airness about what kind of power Harry uh, Harry Howie yields down there as an overcare complex. During the last days of Doug Peterson, it was widely reported that Howie was um, very involved in game day type decisions, i.e. like who dresses, i.e. who's on the roster, i.e. who plays. And that was disturbing. Now, none of it was really, it, it, it was kind of squashed and kind of not squashed by giving us the answer that, well, an NFL GM's responsibility is the roster and that they have a say or a hand in evaluating that roster on game day. Okay. And, and you're right. That's not a, that's not a very, that's not an uncommon thing in the NFL. It's very common. But the difference between, again, us and everybody else is a lot of the other teams, most of our teams have football people. We don't. So the power, the the amount of power that Howie allegedly yields in this organization is, is concerning because it might be turning people off. And, of course, the number one reason why I don't think Howie Rosen is a good GM is this. He can't draft to save his ass. We are back in a position this year looking at a position in the wide receiver room for a fourth straight year of needing to find some help. We are one for three in the last three years of finding wide receiver help in the draft. One for three. And actually, it's, uh, that number is larger 
it's still one, but it's a larger number four because I'm looking at all the other because we selected multiple rounds of wide receivers as well. But yet we are still addressing a, a, a position group that still continues to struggle, uh, still continues, continues to be considered as one of the worst in the NFL. But here we are, miss after miss after miss after miss, and we can't move on from it. You know, that's the problem. If you haven't solved a, a position issue on this team, you can't move on to another position issue, which we have plenty of on the Philadelphia Eagles. But we can't adequately move on to that because we got to constantly go back in time and fix the first problem. So, folks, those are my top three. Howie Roseman, why I hate him as a GM. And please feel free, come, come, come at me. Uh, you can find me every Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m., on the edge of Philly sports where I do the live show, the live talking Philly sports with Matty V as well as I host the, uh, a Phillies post game show every night on the edge of Philly sports. Uh, that is right after every game. I mean, immediately following every Phillies game, you can find me on EOP doing a show called the fight is final again on EOP. Now this week, starting tomorrow, you might be thinking, where, where can I find Maddie B tomorrow? Well, I'm about to tell you where you can find me. And I'm not going to, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, well, wait, whoa, 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 they're, they're home skillet. Why aren't you giving us your uh, your draft stuff? Because I don't want to right now. I, I, I mean, I will in time, as everybody else will. But if you want to find out who I, who I think the Eagles are going to select, come out and ask me yourself. Tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, I will be with... I will be live in on location at the Delco Cup in Springfield on, on Baltimore Pike, and I will be with a crew of EOP hosts and personalities, and we will be covering the first round of the NFL draft. And then on Friday night, I will be assisting the uh, coverage of the second and third round of the NFL draft for EOP at Marty McGee's. And then on Saturday, I will also be assisting the coverage of the fourth through seventh rounds of the draft at the Red Lantern Tavern in Glen Olden. And then on Sunday at 5 p.m., you can tune in to EOP Live, and I'll be in studio with my main man, Kyle Quinn, and we'll be providing you a draft recap show of everything that went down over the past four days. So that is why I'm not telling you right now is because I'm going to have plenty of time to tell you later. Until then, guys, I wanted to just jump on and kind of whet your appetites, get you ready for the NFL draft. No, I didn't really provide too much in the information realm of players, but I did provide you enough about the information of why I hate Howie Roseman. So until we talk again, it'll probably be, I'm going to do a post-draft show on this platform, I promise. But go Birds, and we'll see you at the draft.